Right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of my podcast, Unleashed. And today we have a good friend of mine returning again for the second time, Melody Sarah. Hi. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing <laughs> really like, good. Sorry, there was a tab to delay. I'm doing okay, really okay. good. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. So, what have you been up to since? I guess just the craziness of this year. You know, we talked about it a little bit last time you were here uh, on on my podcast. Uh, what have you been doing since then? I know that, you know, you decided to go uh, Twitch full full time. Yes. So I, um, yeah, I decided to Twitch full time as of late. I've been part of Twitch for years, but I decided to finally just just, just do it. You know what I mean? Just try to get into a community that you're so scared of. Just commit. Um, I was debating on going back to the bar industry. However, that is becoming a problematic. <laughs> mm. So I said, how about this? Because I work as a, you know, I work at a nursing home. I'm like, how about this? Instead of committing my time for a dollar or two tip from customers working at a bar four days a week, how about we commit our time into something that you love, which is Twitch streaming, you love connecting with people from other countries, learning, connecting. So I'm like, how about we do that? How about we advertise for ourselves instead of a bar and see what happens, see how many people we can talk to and just, you know, get connected with. Because let's be honest, can't go back to a bar anytime soon. So <laughs> yeah, I decided to do that. And it's been an amazing journey. I love it. I love it. So what made you take that leap? You, you're talking about it right now, but was it scary for you to go into full-time or was it something you always wanted to do? Or like, what was that journey like for you when you first started really um, your Twitch and going live in front of everybody? Was you, Were you scared of it? Were you nervous? How, how did you feel about it? So I, I talk a lot. <laughs> I don't <laughs> stop talking, unfortunately, especially when I'm streaming. I talk to myself a lot um, and people t- tend to tune in and they just start talking They're like, oh, I love how you're talking to yourself. This is great. I'm like, absolutely. And that's how we make friends. But no, I was, I was, when I first started streaming, we had our own show prior to all this on Streamy, um, me and a group of girls. However, the streaming company went downhill. A lot of things happened. So we were no longer part of that. Um, some of us decided to do different things. I decided to continue streaming on Twitch. Uh, I had a friend of mine who ended up working for a gaming company was also part of the group another one was designed anyway everyone's doing absolutely tremendously so it was a bit nerve-wracking I started streaming with basically zero followers zero viewers and then it turned into little by little and the people start talking and I met a lot of amazing people um I went through great big depression and just going on there streaming just playing a game and having someone say, hey, how are you? Or I love this game, just connecting on that. I'm like, wow, this is doing some wonders for my personal mental health, just talking to a stranger. And it just, I don't know, it felt so good. So I started focusing on mental health when it comes to my streaming. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just connecting with others. (laughs) It's amazing. I highly recommend everyone streaming. So do you still feel that same nervous type of feeling now? Or you're just kind of like, oh, whatever, let's just do it. And but you just have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not nervous anymore. I'm just like, whatever, you know. But if I do see like a good number of people watching me, then I'm like, oh, they're sweating. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you watching see, me? <laughs> you know, I think we both probably have that same thing. Because now as I'm doing these podcasts a lot more, it's like I'm not 
nervous exactly i'm actually more excited but it's more the sense of i just want to make it more like entertaining and valuable for everybody you know that i guess that's one of my my main things i really want to focus on is that how it feels for you too or yeah absolutely do you feel like there's more pressure on you now that you're going up and up in the ladder and you feel like you need to provide more content or how how do you handle that you know honestly i I kind of I, i feel kind of detached from it to be honest, yeah. it's more like, cause I feel like if I put myself directly in the moment, I feel like I could just go get kind of get lost in the emotions of everything. Like, Oh man, what about this? What about that? Like, I don't want to get too much into my head, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of like keep a really chill attitude about it, but it did take a lot of building up, you know, cause this is something I like talking about to with a lot of people when they first follow their dreams or when they first step out to do something, it's like, mm-hmm. you're going to worry about criticism, you know, you're going to be worried about those bad comments. Those, you know, like, what if nobody likes this? What if nobody likes that? And then mm-hmm. that could take a toll on people. But really what it's about is just building up that mental resiliency to be like, no, okay, I need to do this. Let me step out of my comfort zone, even if it's just a little bit. And then once I'm, once I'm out, you know, my, my uh, comfort zone expands a little, and then I'll take another step and another step. But if I had did what I'm doing now, like fucking five years ago, I, I, man I would have fucking froze or you know just I, I wouldn't be able to do it so I, I I like helping a lot of people who like you know like you how you step out in um you want to do it full time and like you said you started from zero and that's a concept that I really like it's it's starting from zero because all the people that we look up to from you know whether they're in twitch whether they're um you know celebrities or uh actors or singers whatever it is they started with zero following so it's like when you first come out, nobody knows you. So you really have to keep putting yourself out there. You have to keep, you know, like saying, hey, like to the world, this is who I am. Let me, let me, let me um, be confident in what I'm doing. Let me, you know, even if somebody says something bad, it's kind of like I got to, what I do if, if there is some like negative feedback or something is I'll kind of take a step back and be like, all right, before I get defensive about this, is it, is there something valuable in here? Is it like, are they trying to tell me something? Like, did I do something wrong in this? Is there something I could be doing better? So I don't Mm -hmm. really take it personally in that. Yeah. Yeah. So is there, uh, is there anything like that for you or what has your, you you said a little bit about your progress now, but um, from when you began to now, how have you felt that you said mental health, but how else has it grown you as a person? Oh my goodness. I've learned a lot. I've learned so much from people from around the world. It's amazing. Even when the pandemic started and lost my bartending jobs, I um, tried to do bartending Twitch. <laughs> it was called Melody's Bar. Um, it was fun. It didn't go too well because I was just really drunk. Because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> who's going to take my drink? It's just me. I got to check my drink that I just made. <laughs> Can't yeah. let it go to waste. And it was a lot of fun. We did giveaways. Um, it was fun, but I met other bartenders from around the world who also lost their jobs. And we connected on that and you name it, bar stories, everything. And it was, it was nice. You know, even prior to that, if you're playing a game, for example, you're, I was playing uh, Witcher 3 and I'm like, wow, this, this, this reminds me of this country. And someone's like, yeah, this is exactly like my country. <laughs> and I'm like, this is amazing. I'm like, you're there right now. He's like, yeah, I live here. I'm like, what? I need to go see you. This is great. <laughs> and we're connecting on that. And say I have followers from years ago and I'm streaming today, you know, and it's, it feels good to see them to be like, oh my God, I remember you when you popped up years ago and how are you? And it's just it's still so personable. But it has it's changed me a lot. I've learned a lot. 
I feel like I'm still growing. I'm still learning. The Twitch community on Facebook, there's multiple Twitch communities. There's one called Tisan, T-S-A-N. Anyway, long story short, it's such a supportive community that helps one another out. Regardless if you are small streamer, big streamer, it's just, we're all there to help one another. And it's just so uplifting. And I've met some amazing people on there whose streams are so good. And I'm like, oh, I want to do that. But let's be honest, it's not me. <laughs> so <laughs> learning to be myself and, you know, going forward with that. It feels, it's nice. It's nice. <laughs> are there any of those like kind of more elitist type people who are like at a higher level, I kind of feel like, like, oh, you're just, you know, at a lower level, like, no, I don't need to pay attention to you. Is there any of that toxic type of thinking in the Yeah, absolutely, community? 110%. You have people going, hey, um, I'm rating with, like, no, I'm sorry. We have people going with, um, I have this many followers, this many viewers. I get over, like, you know, 500 viewers. I'm looking for someone to collab with who has equal 500 viewers. It's like, what? Mm, yeah. <laughs> But <laughs> so you're only going to connect with people who are the same level. Like, I don't, I don't get it, but there are some elitists obviously, but if you ever, if they were to, you know, bring that mentality into certain Facebook groups, then that is, you know, not acceptable. And others do come after them who are also, you know, big streamers who are like, Hey, this is not cool. Like you don't treat others this way and your stream would not be, you know, tolerated. <laughs> so canceled somewhat that's pretty cool because uh, i've kind of noticed that a lot in a lot of different industries there's always those elitist type people and it kind of really does set like a poisonous like it's like a poison through through the industry you know Mm -hmm. yeah the beauty thing is you don't have to be a gamer to be a twitch streamer you can do anything on twitch nowadays you can do your news podcast you name it you could um cooking working out chit-chatting traveling stories bartending everything and anything it's it's really nice. Yeah. So for people who don't know what Twitch is, can you explain to them real quick? Yeah, so Twitch was a gaming platform, essentially. It's a streaming streaming gaming platform. Uh, it started out with um, you essentially show what game you're playing and you are either reviewing it, showing the gameplay, play through first time, and you have people who are able to chat through all that and talk to you and communicate with you and you can start a community there. Um, yeah, and then it turned into, once I believe Amazon bought it, and turn into, you can do anything and everything on there. And it gave you like, the appropriate tags to, you know, use for your streams. And you can customize what you want your layout to look like. Think of it as a live MySpace. <laughs> uh, nice. okay. If that makes any sense. Yes, it's actually pretty But cool. it's nice. It's not that different than bartending. Well, it kind of is bartending you're always advertising come see me look at my cute picture come see me look at the you know alcoholic beverages we have this is on special well when you're streaming it's you're advertising yourself you're working for yourself and you show people what you're streaming what you're doing mm. it's, it's really nice <laughs> so what brought you to twitch what made you decide hey you know what i want to do this uh there's a game called knights of the old republic one <laughs> it's it's a Star Wars game. I love Star Wars. It's such a good game. The storyline is so great. It's the first game to introduce what you do in the game affects the storyline and your character. So then all the other games picked it up. Um, it's fact. Fight me. <laughs> it's a fact. <laughs> so, 
anyway, I wanted people to know what that game was once the online version came out. And I'm like, you guys don't know the real Kodar. Like, let me show you why the storyline is amazing. You need to know this. Like, let me show you what's up. Well, it turns out you can't really stream Kodar. But <laughs> so that was kind of a bummer. But um, yeah, I wanted to start streaming because I wanted to connect with like-minded people. And I loved talking to random people, you know, it, it felt good. It was awesome, you know, communicating and connecting with someone across the world regarding mental health. You know, it's like, this is nice. We can be there for one another without knowing one another. This is, this is beautiful. Yeah. I want to do that for others. Do you have any Twitch streamers that you look up to? My goodness. I have, I have no Twitch streamers that I look up to. I consider them my friends and I love what they do because what they do is different. You know, I, I look up to see, for example, um, how different theirs are, you know, how they interact with their friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my friends raps, the other one paints. And I'm like, this is amazing. Like, I know you in real life and I've never seen you rap. <laughs> this is really, really cool. <laughs> but yeah, it's more like inspirational, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was uh, one thing that I like doing, especially uh, a lot of people in different fields. Like, let's say if you were in cosmetology, you know, there's always some type of bigger hairstylist or someone you look up to that you kind of model after, you know, like, oh, man, I like what he does. Let me try to, you know, do that same thing or whatever it is. Um, there's nobody that you try to, like, model after in the Twitch community with the, with the, with the gaming that you do and stuff? No, no, really? not at all. Because here's the thing. <clears throat> when I'm streaming, when I'm going live, Mm-hmm. I have to be myself. I can't, you know what I mean? I, I can't try to have a different persona or put a stash on, you know, like the other, you know, streamers, which is, I think they're awesome, who put on a wig and they look so cool, you know, they change it up a bit. I genuinely cannot do that. I have to be myself. I'm a weird dork, you know what I mean? I'm gonna be <laughs> dorky. <laughs> So and I can't change that for the life of me. Um, I tried being professional. It did not work for me. Yeah. I cracked within like five minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this is not working. Um, I tried the bartender me. did not work either. It was just a lot of drinking. I tried just the regular me and it fit. And I'm like, okay, my Twitch name is the Smiling Octopus. We're going to smile through this and we're going to draw a cute little octopus. <laughs> <laughs> but it's and it fits and here's the thing and when you try to be try to obtain a different persona i feel like the viewers can see that they mm-hmm. can see that you're trying to be something else like that's not the real you you know yeah and i'd rather just show the real me <laughs> you know that that's to me is another key to success really it's authenticity because like you said people can really no matter how much you try to hide it no matter how much you like want to put on a persona or mask or whatever it is like people can 100% tell and it's going to come out sooner or later no matter what you try to do or what you try to fake or anything like that it's going to come out so Mm -hmm. I I definitely agree with that Um, but let's let's go back because in the last podcast we talked about you were uh, you were born in Iran is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. So what age did you come here? Around, well, I left the country around five, five, six. Mm -hmm. And then we went to different countries. Do you remember what it was like in Iran? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. It was hell. Um, (laughs) Well, I had had family that were now Muslim and 
a mother who hated Islam in the country. So she was always like throwing rocks at the government, saying, fuck the government. And in Iran, you can't really do that. They just put you in prison. So <laughs> they give you three strikes. They will, you know, torture you in jail. And then third strike, they just kind of kill your ass. And they're like, hey, we try to teach you three times that this is not cool and you're going to continue breaking the law. We're just going to kill you. So we ended up leaving the country. But I remember everything. I remember the you know, negative parts and the positive parts, the food, the scenery, and certain people were amazing, the culture, and obviously negative parts produced the government and being arrested. I was arrested with my mother. You she were? Said to, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it was interesting. So <laughs> she said to put makeup on in front of the cop. Cop said, stop, I'm going to arrest you. She said, watch me. <laughs> uh, so, one of those people <laughs> yeah I, I could relate to that because I, I had kind of the same problem like when i was in school it was like they always told me hey you can't spike up your hair and i was like um no fuck you i'm, I'm, I'm gonna do it and then i always had a problem with the uniforms and shit so it was just mm-hmm. i guess when it came to authority i was always like a little more rebellious so i i like your mom she seems like a cool person yeah yeah she was more <laughs> like you know, standing up for the people she was always in all the riots yeah <laughs> So what else was Iran like that you remember, like the good parts, if you want to talk about it? Uh, was What good parts were there in Iran, if you remember? The and food. we'll talk about that for it. Yeah, the food <laughs> was <course>. amazing. <laughs> food was so good. And the cultural aspect of it. I mean, I didn't appreciate hearing, you know, the whole Islam thing five times a day. That was kind of annoying. But mm-hmm. the cultural aspect, the holidays, spending with your family, you know, you can't, you can do it in America, but it's, you kind of feel alone with it, if that makes sense. Hearing people from speak the same language as you and being on the same culture as you, it's nice, you know? It, you can't really do that here. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. rare. If you hear someone speak Farsi, you're like, stop, where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you speak Farsi? Yeah, so it takes me a second to get it together in my head. But yeah, I can speak Farsi and I understand all of it. Oh, wow. I know all the curse words, too. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, okay. So, uh, Iran, five years old. And then what happened after that? Um, well, we had to escape because mom was like, we got to go. I fucked up. So, <laughs> was that I mean, going to be like her third strike or was that just her like second? No, this was like, she, she did a lot of bad. This was definitely her third or fourth. Um, okay. But yeah, so we escaped to Turkey. We lived there for a year and a half. We got caught and then we skipped jail. And then um, Turkey was nice. It was interesting. And then we escaped to Greece. We got caught. We're really bad at escaping. It was like a thing, you know. <laughs> um, but the Greece prison jails are really, really nice. They were beautiful, actually. Um, yeah, so they put us in a refugee camp with all the Kurds who were escaping from Saddam. So I learned Kurdish. I learned Turkish in Turkey. So I still understand it just takes me a minute to this day. And then we skipped to Holland, we got caught. Um, again, we never we never figure out how to escape correctly. So then they um, did interviews. Holland was really, really nice. They did interviews. They put us in a nice hotel and then we were put in a refugee camp after, shortly after. In Greece too, we were in refugee camp too, the kilo tents. But anyway, um, they closed that down actually in Greece not too long ago. Last year was kind of, you know, sad. Um, yeah. So anyway, in Holland, the refugee camp, 
in Netherlands, they give you interviews, so that can take a couple of years, and they need proof and everything of why you need to stay in Holland. And if you have family in Holland, even better, better. so I had my uncle there. But long story short, my mom brought in the proof in Turkey, so they don't know we're from Iran and send us back, because if they do that, they just kill you. So long story short, um, yeah, so we are in Netherlands. We just had a picture of mom in jail just being tortured. So that was our only proof. But I also had family in America. So America was giving green cards to Persians and Kurds who are Christian. So my sister was Christian and I had family in America. So we had an interview with American embassy. Um, they said, okay, yeah, we believe that you need, you need this. So they did background check on my family in America, yada, yada, yada. They all passed, we passed. We came to America, we got our green cards about you know eight eight to to a year eight months to a year after as long as we were kosher we're good to go and then once we were of age we could get our citizenship that's the whole entire story <laughs> oh so, yeah i didn't come with my mom i came with my sister okay how, how old were you when you first came here to america um i was 10 11 wow yeah. so from iran to uh to america there's five years difference and you were going from turkey to greece to to the Nether netherlands and uh what was it like while you were doing all that in in those countries like what were you doing what were you obviously uh like what did you do to get around to get money were you working or how, how did that work and what was the reasons typically you ended up getting caught well um so when we got caught when we first came to the country they were like, hey, we know you're escaping because we can see a tent and fire and look suspicious. <laughs> this is in Turkey. It was really bad timing because the cops were like really on the other side of the street. <laughs> anyway, mom's like burning papers. <laughs> so <laughs> it wasn't smart, really. Anyway, um, so after we escaped that, we just booked it, ran. We walked for, I felt like days, really. Um, but we found there was there's always someone in these countries that will foster you essentially that will help you out so when you're escaping they have a connect they have someone that knows the routes and then they have a connect in the other countries um we had a connect in every single country except greece greece we had to find someone that knew how to escape to holland um but we stayed in Turkey for a year, year and a half. They send different family members to different areas. It was just my sister and my mom and I. And then in Greece, when we got there, we were there for six to eight months. And then we escaped through a truck. Um, it was a white truck, actually. So that was nice. Um, really hot. So then <laughs> someone cut the truck wrong to escape. <laughs> that's how they found us <laughs> so we still booked it and then we got caught in holland <laughs> really really we're not good at this um and then we lived in holland for three and a half years mm -hmm. yeah. what was your mindset like going through all this as a kid that must have been insane right or was it just kind of like oh this this is life you know i don't really know anything outside of this so much what, what was it like for you what were you thinking at the time oh i this is life. This is what we got to do. So we got to do it. There was no, oh, I'm sad or, oh, this sucks or this hurts. It's not on your mind or, oh, I'm, I want to play with this toy. No, you don't care about that. This is what you, you got to do. And that was always the translator because I could learn the language real quick and, you know, help everybody out. But yeah, it was just, this is life. Couldn't complain. It was 
I was alive. I was happy. <laughs> you know, there's some depression here and there, but I got over it. <laughs> yeah. So you came to America. Where did you come from? I mean, where did you go to? I went to um, Bellingham, Washington. That's where my family was. Yeah, good old Washington State. <laughs> go see Hawks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so so uh wouldn't did all the anime and cosplay and all that stuff come in because that's that's how I, how we met you and i we met through a mutual friend yeah and um it was pretty cool which actually i have to thank you a lot because i was going through a lot at that time probably nine years ago now i think it was and through that mutual friend uh, like i had told her i just have to get out of here where i'm at right now it's just a toxic negative place and then i didn't even know you and you came down from fucking what san antonio i think it mm-hmm. was to Houston yeah. which is a three-hour drive and not a lot of people do that especially you know if, if I, you don't know somebody it's like uh, I don't know about that but you did it so I'm really grateful for that so I did want to say thank you because that helped a lot you know oh, no, you don't need to thank me it's hey need to be done <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean yeah. she said we gotta go I got my guy he needs to get out I'm like all right let's do it she's like it's a little ways away I'm like we're fine I drove down here from Washington State. It can't be that far. <laughs> so, and it wasn't. We came and picked you up and we came back. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was not a problem at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did the uh, anime stuff and all that come into play? Because you, right. you, you cosplay a lot. I do. So um, in Iran, we had a show called Futbalista. And it's an anime that is obsessed with the character is obsessed with football. It's just soccer, you know, and mm-hmm. the whole country loves freaking soccer. So I that was my show every morning. I would watch that with my dad um, for the little time that we had. <laughs> so <laughs> then it was really, really cool. So when I came to America, well, I was in Holland, but we didn't get to watch TV really. Um, when I came to America, I used TV to learn English. That's my to go to. And it helped me out drastically. It was it was awesome. Um, so I used Blue's Clues, Dora the Explorer, and all that jazz. And it actually does help. Not gonna lie, they help you learn English. So then I was and then I discovered Sailor Moon, Dragon Ball Z, and I was hooked. I'm like, yes, I wanna be these characters. This is amazing. But I didn't start cosplaying until college. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, there are people who cosplay? This is amazing. I just got to make my costume. So I made my Kiki's labor service costume, which would look like crap. And then I figure out how to do it correctly. And yeah, it felt good. It was fun to be somebody else for a change and be a character that you don't think about, that you don't have to be yourself. It's a way to be out of your shell mm-hmm. and have fun with, you know, nerds other nerds alike and just just have a blast (laughs) it's so So, great so what was your first anime convention was it in washington no it wasn't i wish it was because i heard that's the best anime convention san japan was my first one yeah san japan and then i went to ikikon and then it just kind of went from there all the other conventions and i started volunteering with different cosplay groups. Um, so we did a lot of kids events, hospital visits, you name it. And then that gave my cosplaying, you know, obsession, a good purpose. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm not just a 30 year old getting dressed. I'm a 30 year old getting dressed in a costume for kids. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I love seeing the kids and oh, my heart, it always goes out to them, especially in the hospital, it gets you really. 
but yeah it's just it's, it was nice i like it <laughs> what was your first thought of when you were going to go to anime convention because I, I can tell you from mine um i was never really much into anime i guess whatever was on cartoon network at the time like i watched mm-hmm. dragon ball z that would was be bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, Those were on, so I watched some. um, But mainly it was just Tom and Jerry and Flintstones and all that stuff for me. Um, Yeah, and then Dragon Ball Z came on, and then uh, I really fell in love with that one. But other than that, honestly, the the next anime I got into was probably probably Death Note when I was like 21. So so it was just like, yeah, (laughs) that was my favorite one. But um, one of my friends had introduced me to the anime conventions, and they were dressing up in, in visual K type, you know, where like, mm-hmm. like Japanese. And so I guess I did it with them. I didn't really know what I was, you know, what visual K was about. I just kind of went with my whole rock, you know, with yeah. whatever I was wearing at the time. But honestly, when I heard anime convention, I had thought that I had expected to walk into a place and they were just kind of like sitting around and like wearing glasses and like, you know, looking nerdy and trading Pokemon cars and stuff. <laughs> And, oh, and, and I would have been like, what? <laughs> I thought I was going to have, have a bad time. But when I went there, it was a bunch of really cool people, especially around our age and just, you know, all different. And then you see drunk people, you see whatever, you see nerds, you see just everybody just all together. Mm-hmm. And then the nighttime came and then just all the parties hit. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like at an anime convention, like, <laughs> you the know, parties are lit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just a bunch of like, like teens and 30 year olds or whatever it is and anywhere in between just running out the whole hotel and having like a massive party mm-hmm. so i was like after that i was just like okay i'm going to every one of these fucking conventions from here on <laughs> so what was it like for you when you first went to, uh what did you expect what what did you like about it what did you not like about it if anything yeah so when i first went to it i didn't know what to expect i was nervous and i'm like oh my god they're gonna think and this old lady in like a costume is gonna be weird um but I, when I went to it, I'm like, oh my God, everyone, everyone's like me. There's more and more than me. This is amazing. <laughs> so yeah, uh, meeting the voice actors, because I love anime conventions more than Comic-Cons, because Comic-Cons are more celebrity enforced and, you know, toward, is towards celebrities. But anime conventions is a lot of, you know, free things. You can talk to um the voice actors from my favorite show and it's really more personable um but yeah no i loved it i love the parties i made this awesome badass magikarp costume a legit magikarp and i, I was supposed to do one. the costume contest but i got too drunk and i'm like magikarp can't make it <laughs> <laughs> magikarp is fucked up <laughs> but it was it was it was a blast and i made so many connections and if you ever get to go to a gaming convention, oh my God, even freaking better. So gaming conventions are whoo, the, the Twitch parties. Oh, so much drinking. Everybody has a card, like follow me here and you're connecting and it's just, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> um, talk more about that. Cause honestly, I've never been to one, but um, you know, what? you do. Yeah, no, I've just been to, anim- I've never been to Comic Con. I've never been to gaming conventions. Oh my God. Okay. Hold on. We've got to break a chair. We've got to do this right. So right. if you ever get a chance, if everything, when everything goes back to normal, because I'm not going to say if, when PAX South comes around again, definitely go to that one. So gaming conventions is amazing because you're meeting people who are game creators, designers, streamers, cosplayers, everything and any, 
anybody essentially is there. You're connecting with them on a personal level. They're showing you the games they've created, the indie game creators. And you're like, oh, this is amazing. Let me see more. You know, they're giving you cards. They're coming from around the world. It's just, it's so fantastic. It's just so, um, the information that you're just taking in, it's just like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I love it. I love it. It's very personable, very personable. And the after parties are nuts. Do you think anime conventions were nuts? Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Try. <laughs> anime conventions are nuts. <laughs> the after parties. Oh my God, it's crazy. But it's it's nice. You know, and it's professional in a weird way. Not, not a lot of cosplayers, but yeah, you can give your card and people will know who you are. And it's it's awesome. It's awesome. Someone's like, I've seen you stream. It's like, what? This is crazy. How are you? <laughs> it's just, you know, it, it feels good. <laughs> what was Definitely the last convention you went to? What's that? What was the last convention you went to? It was Pack South. Yeah, Pack South in San Antonio. My heart. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted back. <laughs> but yeah, it was good. So there's something I've been noticing too about anime conventions and I guess conventions in general. I'm not too sure because those are the only ones I've been to, but have you noticed kind of a shift in anime conventions from how they used to be eight years ago, eight, 10 years ago to how they are now? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel like I'm not one with the anime conventions. Maybe it's my age. I don't know. I feel no. disconnected from the animes that people watch. I'm like, hold on, but have you seen this anime? And they're like, they came out like 10 years ago. I'm like, I know it's the best one. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's definitely a change. It's very, yeah. From, you know, the vendors alone, it's a big difference too, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. But do you think it's a change, right? It's not the yeah. same. Um, you know, I used to have a lot more fun and it wasn't cause I've gotten older or anything like that. I think it, I've noticed it's become like a little bit more negative environment, you know, it's a little bit more, mm-hmm. seems a little bit more clicky, seems a little, instead of like, everybody used to be all together and just party as one person. Now, now it's like, that still happens, but you kind of divide more into groups and it mm-hmm. just seems like negative gossip spreads a lot more faster around the whole convention. Not even like you could be in Houston, which, you know, a lot of good conventions happen in, in Texas. Mm-hmm. But the people in California will hear about, you know, what goes on in Houston. And, and it's just kind of like the whole anime community, anime convention community, just like hears about everything. So it's just kind of like a bunch of gossip gets spread like so easily. And it's just like, I don't know. It, and it's become like, seems like a little bit harder to meet people, I guess. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. But do you no, feel I like agree. No, yeah. I agree. The, the gossip spreading, it's it's easier now than it was before. Because now we have all the platforms to record everything and anything on, even if it's not the full story. Yeah, it's, it's a bit sad. I'm not gonna lie, it's a little overwhelming. <laughs> Expected more. <laughs> yeah, so what cosplays have you done so far? Oh my goodness, well, I've done Magikarp. I've done Female Joker. Well, it's supposed to be Martha Wayne. Um, I don't know if people know about her, but essentially when Flash goes back into different, you know, universe. Um, in this universe, Batman dies. His father becomes Batman, and his mother becomes a Joker because she went crazy because her son died, and that's the cosplay that I was, you know, portraying as. And people thought it's a female Joker. I'm like, it's more to it. <laughs> but that one I did. Um, ooh, 
Navi, my best friend, did link, and I was just annoying, screaming, "Hey, listen, yeah!" From that, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think、oh, I still、okay. have recordings of you doing that. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, look at that! <laughs> Come <Yeah> . full circle. <laughs> I still have the cosplay.、Um, let's see. I've done Catwoman, obviously.、Um, I'm going to be doing Wonder Woman. I'm working on that now. Oh my god! I know the list is huge. I did female. I'm sorry, Hawk Girl. The Hawk. I made my costume and it was like falling apart. It was hilarious.、Um, I did that one. Oh my gosh! What else did I do? I have to look through my Facebook. There's so much.、Mm, did the Beetlejuice your, one? What were your favorite ones and the most difficult ones that you've made? What that you've created? The difficult one that I created was definitely Hot Girl because I was making the wings myself, and it was a lot bigger than expected because it was just me at home by myself. Eyeballing it, I'm like, ah,、oh, this looks bad, right? I mean, who's gonna help me put it on? There's no one there, so、um, that was the hardest one.、Um, my favorite one would have to be Raven. I did her, and the only reason why that was my favorite is because the kids loved it. It was the kids at the hospital. This little girl just gave me the longest hug, and I'm like, I don't want to let go. And it was the cutest thing in the world. And I'm like, my heart is just sunk, and I can't do this right now. That was my favorite one. The best one that I can. Do characterizing it basically being playing the part female Joker, and I also did、um, Hood Rat Mario. I'm sorry, Hood Rat Ru- Luigi. <laughs> My friend said Mario, and everybody else. It was pretty fun. I was trying to be thug, and I was looking for like you know shrooms because then、yeah. like got some shrooms. Hood Rat Luigi. But yeah, that was so much fun. <laughs> so after Washington, what happened after that? Washington.、Mm-hmm. Um, I got with the boy. Life happened, and then we moved to Texas, and then didn't work out with the boy, and I'm still in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> and then I moved to Corpus, and my best friend, not too long ago, to have a fresh start. It, Corpus is smaller. It helps you focus on yourself and not be distracted by big shiny things, like in San Antonio. That makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I guess if it works for you, I have to be in somewhere where there's a lot of fucking lights and there's a lot of people, and just because it just makes me want to go more. Like, okay, I want to do this now. I want to do this now. I want to do this. Because if it, if I was in a city that was really small and had like only a couple of things to do, I would be so bored and wanting to leave it all the time.、Mm-hmm. So like like even right now, like I, I can't stay in the house for like more than two three days before I'm like, all right, let me go out for a little while, even if it's just going down to the fucking get a smoothie or something like that, you know.、Mm-hmm. No, I agree.、Um, I like big cities. However, the smaller city helped me internally.、Um, it's easy for me to do bigger, better things. Oh, I'm going to do this, this, and this. Let's do this. Let's go have fun. Let me work here, make like a grand, cool. Let's go on a trip. It was fun, but I didn't really tackle my inner demons. It was easier to ignore my inner demons. And put on a back burner instead of tackling it. So Corpus, since it's so small and there's nothing to do here besides drink and fish, yeah. You know, let's be honest.、Um, so I was able to be like, okay, so this is what you need to focus on, Melody. These are your pros and cons when it comes to yourself as for growth wise. You know, you doing this job, but how is it helping you personally? Are you going anywhere with it? What is the you want to do? 
in the long run, you know, let's tackle your depression. So how are we going to fix that? You know, um, instead of ignoring it and just putting a smile on, getting dressed up, going out, let's really focus on what you are trying to do. And it's, it's been helping. And it's amazing if I, if I feel too proud, you know, clouded, I can just go by the water and just take a breather and just really Zen myself. If that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what were some of those inner demons if you don't mind me asking because one thing i do what were those inner demons if you don't mind me asking because one thing i do like uh, having people on for is uh, i kind of noticed that a lot of people when they are going more towards like let's say if i wanted to do a career in acting like Mm -hmm. i start at the bottom start with zero like we were talking about and then eventually somewhere along the lines like let's say i make it Mm -hmm. it's like I never really hear about those hard times or the, the times that we messed up or the, the, you know, the difficulties of trying to go somewhere that you really want to go, like if that, that you have a passion for or whatever it is. Like a lot of people only just want to put like the, the highlights of their career, you know, on for mm-hmm. display. They want to act like I have my life figured out. I have this figured out. Like I have this money. I have this. And, you know, that that's not the real story. Like mm-hmm. the real story that makes people relate to you more is like, I went through this and it was hard as fuck. I went through this. I was difficult when I had to do this. I had to, you know, it was just, you know, like I like hearing about those type of things. So yeah. what were some of those inner demons that you had? Yeah, absolutely. So self-doubt was the biggest one. I would come up with 101 ideas, how to do this, this, and this. It'd be awesome. But I would never follow through with it because I had self-doubt. I'm like, well, society says I need to do this and this and this, you know? And then bartending gets me easy money, but where is it taking me in the long run? nowhere uh, my resume looks like shit <laughs> it does it has 101 bars on it you know a cna job and a bookstore job and i'm like okay well that's that's a bit problematic if i would have done a if i would have stuck with a regular job for as long as that i've been bartending i would have had something to show for whether it's a retirement plan whether it's you know medical insurance (laughs) um or something you know what i mean i would have gone up in the ladder made a lot of money but what is it that i need to do that would help me um personally so twitch helps me personally helps me mentally you know it's it's amazing it's stress reliever it's connection you know it's amazing and i get to you know broadcast something that is just me it's about me it's not about somebody else's business who doesn't know how to run their business. It's not about kissing ass because the boss feels, you know, woke up in the wrong bed. It's, it's just me, you know, I get to be myself. Um, but also my other, you know, demon is, well, you also need to make money. So what are you doing with that? <laughs> well, I'm currently trying to find a different job and it's easier said than done. Attempting to go back to school in January. That's something I would not have done. I'll be honest, if I lived in San Antonio, I would not have gone back to school. I would have just said, no, I don't need it. I'm good making good money bartending, like I'm good, I'm solid. Um, I would have stuck by that, you know, and not have anything to show for in the long run. But staying here, realizing that you do need to go back to school. Let's look at a different career path. How are we gonna tackle this? You know, how are you gonna grow? At 30 years old, how are you gonna grow? What are you gonna do? You know, depression sucks, let's be honest. COVID hasn't done much, it made it worse. So, those are my inner demons self-doubt trying to better myself have something to show for you know yeah so hard (laughs) (laughs) i I agree um what would you say was the number like like the top two things that helped you kind of conquer those demons doing it 
not talking about it, just doing it and taking the first step. So me saying, oh, I think I'm gonna start school. No, I'm not gonna think, I'm just gonna do it. So I applied for school. I did the FAFSA, I did everything and I got green light, green light. Let's start in January, that's the start time. I wanna Twitch, okay, why well, talk about doing Twitch all the time? I do it here and there, but I've never stuck with it full-time. I've never sat down and put in the same effort as I do in somebody else's business, which is a bar for myself, because I like helping others. I like doing things for others, but it's time to do me. You know what I mean? Let's focus on that. So going forward, that's, that, that's really what helped me. Instead of talking about it, just doing it. Mm. This is where we are. <laughs> I love that one, because that, that definitely applied a lot in my own life, you know? Mm-hmm. It was just like, like you said, so many people, they have ideas and they, they stay stuck on their ideas. And then eventually someone else does that idea and they're like, oh, I thought about that. I should have done that. And a lot of people just kind of procrastinate on their dreams or on, you know, what they want or just anything. And, and a lot of my life has just been, like you said, same as you, just doing it. Like when I flew across the country by myself, that was me just doing it. Um, you know, it's just me alone in different countries and it. So that definitely, like uh, business ideas, it was just writing everything down. I was like, okay, what ideas do I have now? Let me write everything down on the paper and I'm going to start working on them one by one or just mm-hmm. whenever any opportunity pops up that can help me in any of these ideas, I'm going to execute on it right away. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to share it with a bunch of people and try to get their input. I'm just going to go after what I want. Exactly. You just got to do it. You can't wait for the green light from people. You just, mm-hmm. just do it. You know what I mean? And it's amazing because you yourself, you support so many people and friends, right? Mm-hmm. And everything and anything they want to do. Yeah. Well, guess what? Now it's your turn to do what you want to do and get that support back. Mm-hmm. And if they choose not to support you, then you know where you stand. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. So, the smiling octopus, where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> so I made this little guy. <laughs> <laughs> did I didn't you... make him I, I painted him at a friend's birthday and I was trying to okay. come up with names because my name used to be Melody360 and I don't play Xbox I'm a PC gamer so I'm like hold up that alone is a lie like 360 I'm from Washington State that's why I picked 360 so I'm just playing around I'm like I'm trying to come up with names it's been like two weeks trying to come up with a new name and my streamers I'm like guys look what I made it's a smiling octopus it's so cute and then I'm like oh. it clicked I'm like you guys I want to be called this modeling <laughs> So yeah, his name is Herbert. So cute. <laughs> <laughs> and he has not let me down. And I gave him a cute little teardrop because, well, you know, he looked too cute. He needed a little thug in his life. So I gave him a cute <laughs> teardrop. Yeah. <laughs> so what is your plans moving forward with Twitch? Do you plan on doing this for a long time or, or what is your overall goal and vision for, for Twitch? So my overall goal, it would be nice. This is like years ahead. Hopefully someday I can become partner. Um, again, the subscribers are nice. It's very appreciated. Followers are nice, very appreciated. But my main goal for Twitch is help people with mental health. You know, tell them that they're not the only one in this, you know, who feel lonely and make it seem like it's okay. 
have them feel like it's okay to talk about their depression. They shouldn't have to hold it in, especially to the men who feel like they need to keep it in, you know? And I think it's just, it's, it's fucked up. It shouldn't have to, you know? Have an open area, safe haven for definitely LGBTQ community. Um, that, that's what I want. I want a community that is there for one another, helps one another out. Um, yeah, and hopefully someday I can have my own show. Doesn't matter what, I can make my own show, don't matter but I get to interview others from around the world like you're doing, mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, on Twitch <laughs> and, <laughs> and also game with them too, play video games, talk about Star Wars. It'll be yeah. a little nerdy show. So not like yours, but you know, yeah. <laughs> <Similar>. <laughs> with like Star Wars helmet hats. <laughs> right, right. So of course I got to ask, what are your top, let's say top three games of all time? Knights of the Old Republic one. Of course. Witcher 3 is such a good one. Um, and the third one. Ah, I do love Diablo. Diablo is really good. Diablo 1, 2, and 3 is really, really good. Ah, you're making me choose. This is impossible. <laughs> They're all such good games. Okay, sticking to that. That's what I'm picking. Because I cried <laughs> a lot in Witcher 3. And then mm. a lot. I cried a lot in Kodar 2 as well. Well... It's a lot of tears. Okay, we're going to pick all those three. <laughs> okay. Going with that. All right, because I saw you earlier today on Facebook. You posted about Metal Gear, and that is one of my favorite games of all time. Like, 100%. That's not a game. That was like... Let's be honest. Oh, mo- <laughs> it's movie. It's a movie. Whatever. It's not a game. No, I love Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear is amazing. That is definitely a top, top. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Do you remember the old ways, how you had to kill that sniper guy? And there was a trick to it. You just have to wait. Keep the game oh, on and, and just part die three? on zone. Yeah, yeah part three. Did you <laughs> play all of them? Game. Which one did you like the best? Uh, Metal Gear Solid. Oh, my goodness. Man. I don't know. I'm just going by which movie I like the best. <laughs> I can't pick because they're all go so beautifully together. The cinematics are so amazing. And the gameplay is fantastic. And the the way that the options that you have in, in your character alone, changing your, you know, um, stands from from being basically, you know, sneaking in and just, I can't pick. What's yours? I can't, I cannot pick. Definitely the first one. No, first no okay. One? When I say the first one, not the Super Nintendo ones, I mean the PlayStation mm-hmm. one. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Okay, I can see that. <laughs> That's a good one too. That's a good one yeah. too. Because that's, that's where it's all, that's where it all started really and um i like what they did with twin snakes when they revamped it with you know new animations and stuff so that was mm-hmm. cool and then also in part five when they did the whole like going back to part one but in like ps4 graphics you know mm-hmm. you play part yeah. five right or was it yeah no it was part four yeah, yeah. yeah it was part no four i thought it was part five yeah i think part five is uh the newer one the uh phantom pain mm-hmm. no is it I think so. I'm pretty sure. We'll figure it so out. We'll so many games out. out. They have so many games out. Let's be honest. Yeah. There's so many, so many games, but it's yeah. so good. Such a good movie. I don't know about the show though, or they're making a movie, right? About the casting. I have no idea how to feel about it. I'm just like, please don't fuck it up. Please don't yeah. fuck it up. It's Metal Gear Solid. Like it's already a movie on its own. Like mm-hmm. you can't fuck this up. <laughs> so <laughs> we will see what they do. Mm-hmm. But have you seen The Mandalorian? No, I oh, to be to be honest, I've I 
I'm, I'm not into the, the whole Star Wars thing. <gasps> <What>? <laughs> I, I know. I, I just, I don't know. I just never got into, I got into the movie. I watched the movie with Samuel L. Jackson. I think that was probably the only one that I've actually seen of the movies. Um, and I think I played a little bit of the game where with, uh, what, what's his face? The guy who plays Joker off of uh, Gotham in the TV series. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, Mark Hamill. Yeah, so I uh, played one of those games with him in it. I don't know which one that, that was. I know it's the, one of the recent ones, but that's that's probably about it. Oh my heart! I know you stabbed me so many times. I know. I know. <laughs> just watch *The Mandalorian*. Just you don't need to see movies. Just watch *The Mandalorian*. Here's the thing: you need to watch *Stormtroopers*. You need well, hold on. There's a whole thing you gotta watch. Okay, you know what? Yeah, just start with *The Mandalorian*. You'll love it. Just, just watch that, and then you'll get into it. <laughs> you will love it <laughs> other than that is there any i guess as we wrap up is there any last things that you would like to say or any else that you would like to input or questions or anything no i mean there's one last thing um just it's okay to vent about your personal problems you know what i mean it's okay to be depressed it's okay to have your down days as long as you're opening up and sharing is the most important thing so you're not you don't feel alone and stuck in your own mind. <laughs> but yeah, watch The Mandalorian. That's the last thing. You need to watch The Mandalorian. Yeah. Star Wars, get on it. <laughs> I got two lightsabers coming in and a helmet. I'm so stoked. <laughs> wow. I'm pretty sure you'll be posting a picture of that too whenever yeah, you get it. Yeah. It will be. Be exciting. <laughs> so awesome. All right. Well, Melody, thank you again. And where can people reach you if they want to check out your stream? And this is this is important, too, because a lot of people right now in Japan are listening to, to you and Russia and a few other places. So if you would like to say something to them, you can. Um, yes. But yeah, go ahead. Um, yes. Oh, I wait. I know. means I love you in Russian. Um, yes. OK, so yeah, you can catch me on Twitch. So it's twitch.tv backslash um the smiling octopus literally the smiling octopus apparently it's also a hentai thing but you know it's also my name <laughs> i was told that and i'm like you know what that's cool we have that in common <laughs> mm -hmm. but yeah that's that's me catch me there talk to me anytime you guys want doesn't matter about what everyone's welcome <laughs> all right awesome thank you again melody thank you for having me on the show <laughs> All right, Bye. everybody else, hope you like this episode and take care.